Hello and welcome to this new episode of From University to Unicorns, a podcast that investigates how Australia can turn great research into future tech giants. This podcast has been lovingly put together by Natasha Rawlings, Alex Romero and Ron Bourave. It's sponsored by Uniseed, Australia's longest running investment fund that invests in early stage technologies coming out of their research partners. In this podcast, we went out and spoke to researchers, university leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, founders and government to find out what is stopping us from getting great research into the world and how we can do it better. The Australian government contributes a very significant proportion of the R&D expenditure. It supports businesses through the R&D tax incentive. It also supports universities and research organisations like CSIRO or Defence directly or via grants, for example from the Australian Research Council. Over the last decade, the percentage of Australia's GDP spent on R&D has fallen to below 2%. So what can the government do to help boost research commercialisation? In this episode, we interviewed Professor Hugh Durant-White, New South Wales Chief Scientist and Engineer and Natural Resources Commissioner, Dr. Alfredo Martinez-Cole, Director Business Relationships at the University of Technology of Sydney, and Dr. Natalie Chapman, Managing Director of GMaker and Commercialization Marketing Expert. But let's start with you, Hugh. Why does the New South Wales government care about research commercialization that's a big one but why why is part of your job looking after that well it starts at the level of you know uh over the next 20 or 30 years we've genuinely got to um build new types of industry new types of business uh that are going to basically fund the prosperity for this state and this country to keep us in the lifestyle to which we've become accustomed because i think some of the older industries in particular areas like coal mining are unlikely to be viable, perhaps not this year, but uh, in the next 10 years, 20 years uh, and so on. So we are interested in future industries. And I think everyone knows it takes 20 years to genuinely create a new industry. And you have to start with real understanding of the skills, uh, the technologies and building that up and really putting in place the kinds of industries that I think we need. A case in point that I think has worked well has been uh, the digital services sector, which, you know, 20 years ago we didn't have uh, really at all. And places like the Chief Scientist's Office uh, supported things like CRC for Capital Markets, Stone and Chalk, and a number of other things that happened, which genuinely laid the groundwork, uh, started developing the skills and built an industry now that's super important to, uh, to our state and to our prosperity. And I think the issue is, well, what are those going to be in the future? And uh, we did have a stab at it in the... Uh, Uh, 2040 New South Wales Economic Blueprint. And we certainly looked at things like uh, renewable energies, what we could do with digital in areas like agriculture and lots of other areas. But people are also trying to bet on perhaps new areas like quantum computing, synthetic biology, and a range of other sorts of things. So my office does have a very big role because in the end, we sow the seeds for what will be the future industries 20 years from now. And so we have to make sure that we are sowing in the right general direction and that we're providing enough support that genuinely we will not just build our own industries, but attract international players into New South Wales who will uh, support that all going forwards. And what are the sorts of things you do to sow those seeds to encourage academia, industry to start moving in, in directions that will help us in the future? Well, some things are easy, right? We co-fund things that are already, if you like, 
excellent. So for example, ARC centers of excellence or CRC's uh, new cooperative research centers or national collaborative research infrastructure or things like that, things that are basically one federal support. And then we co-fund in order to make sure that they end up in an appropriate place uh, in New South Wales. That's the easy bit, okay? Because to some degree, the decision's made for you. But the second thing we do is then we genuinely try and provide support for, I guess, growing industries in those areas. So everything from training packages through places like Cicada through to, you know, small amounts of venture funding, which actually try and take ideas to the point where commercial outfits will genuinely fund them. So physical sciences fund, the medical devices fund, and both of those have been very, very successful. We now have programs. One of the things that was highlighted was the government's ability to acquire technology. So we have things now like this, which we borrowed, of course, from the US, the Small Business Innovation and Research uh, Grants, and also trying to invest, I guess, in what I think of as new industry infrastructure. So we've just uh, done an investment round in semiconductors. Uh, we almost certainly do one in the bio area coming forwards and a number of other uh, sort of pieces like that. And, and the idea of those is to make it easy for people to commercialize, to make it attractive, sorry, to, to I guess build an ecosystem around those sorts of centers and to use those in parallel to attract companies from overseas and to attract larger scale private investments uh, in those areas. And, and I have to say, in the last certainly three or four years, the state government has gone from we don't do anything to actually genuinely realizing that it needs to do this if it's to actually have these industries into the future. But they are not alone, as you pointed out at the very beginning. A number of companies and certainly all states in Australia are doing very similar things. Thank you very much, Hugh. And not you, Alfredo. Who are you and what is your role? My name is Alfredo martinez Cole, the Director of Business Relationships here at UTS. What does that mean? I mean, for me, commercialized means that I was able to license the technology. I was able to partner the technology with a a party that may or may not be able to take it all the way through to market, but it's out of my hands. So commercialization for me means passing it over. Passing it on. out of my hands, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I am not able to be made responsible for that product reaching the market and selling and you know establishing a company and investors and all that because that's mm. completely out of my hands. I am completely disconnected from the product development aspect yeah. of it. So And so a business is really commercialization is probably taking something from university and taking it to market or improving their current process, right? I, is that I would think that for a business commercialization means monetizing that product or service, right? Right. That's yeah. what it means. So so yeah. we sold it, we made so many, we got so many orders for it. That's what commercialization is. Here's our means. return on investment. And so Correct. What, how do you think government's viewing this then in terms of commercialization? Do you think they're thinking about the whole I th- I continuum th- there? I think it's hard because, as I was saying before, government tends to think in programs, right? And we are allocating X millions of dollars for a particular new program, and it's to assist in commercialization, right? That, that's about as, as specific as those definitions get. I think in their in their mind is to improve the rate of translation of basically of basic research that's you know government funded basic research in universities to increase that rate of translation into new products and services what makes research commercialization hard like what are the what are the bumps in the road for for getting a new invention out into the world 
I think in general, research commercialization is hard, right? In general, yeah. anywhere okay. in the world. Anywhere in the world, yeah. You talk, you talk to the guys in Silicon Valley, it's hard. You talk to the guys in, in Boston, it's hard, you know. Yeah. The, the difference is the ecosystem, right? Yeah. So what makes it particularly really hard in Australia is that we have an incomplete ecosystem, right? So we are being asked to translate all these innovations into products and services. The only way that would happen is that a commercial entity that has access to the marketplace would take that on. The only reason they would take it on is if they have the real chance of actually making money out of this, making a business out of this. Yeah. It's very difficult to grow a business organically in Australia. Yeah. Like, you know, we and, and it depends on the technology space, of course, but, you know, setting up a website and trying to sell products over the internet, you know, is really, really tough. You're not going to mm. create a viable business, you know, doing that. So for innovation-based type products and services, what you need is the guarantee of a big client, right? So what mm. you need is government, for example, to come in and say, we're going to commit that 1% of all government procurement is going to come from innovation, domestically born innovation type businesses. And again, the definition of innovation type businesses is critical here because mm -hmm. as we've seen with the R&D tax incentive, right, it can be misinterpreted what, you know, research and innovation and whatever is, right? Yeah. So we don't want upgrade of computer systems. We want new products and services, innovation-based new products and services, right? Where there's an element of uncertainty, there is an element of research involved, right? We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We're going to test it. The way to do that is for government to be intimately involved. If they want to support innovation and commercialization and translation of research, they got to have the policies in place where they say, we are going to commit that if you pass all these different criteria, you know, you got a grant from us, you've done this, you're partnered with a larger company, you're employing people doing research, blah, 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 whatever those may be, then you are eligible to come in our list of, you know, approved providers, right, for company. Yeah. And yeah. out of all the things that government purchases, we're going to buy 1% of all that is going to come from domestic-born innovation. Yeah. If you are able to compete and say, hey, I got orders for a new rat test that I developed and I got, you know, 20 million rat tests on order from the government. You know you can grow that company. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you have yeah a totally. Good footing, as opposed to I develop a new rat test and now I got to find how to sell this thing, right? Yeah, yeah that, yeah. that makes it impossible. That makes it impossible. You can have the best technology in the world. It's going to make it really, really hard to grow that organically. If you want to improve research, commercialization, translation, all that, there needs to be a program, a driver, a, a, something that focuses on the creation of research-type jobs, right? Yeah. And the only way you're going to create research-type jobs is for companies to need those research people because they have contracts with government that necessitate that they hire people with research backgrounds to develop these new products and services for mm. government. Yeah. But if government doesn't come to the party and doesn't provide those contracts for these companies to grow and hire the right people to do R&D, then there is no incentive whatsoever for them to spend money doing R&D when it's uncertain outcomes, right? Yeah, yeah. If it's a lot easier to say, look, we bought a database or, or, a, or an app from, from the US or from Europe, 
we're launching it here. We're just going to hire a whole bunch of retail people and a, launch, a bunch of support people to support this app. And we know it works because the business model has been proven overseas. Mm. There is zero innovation in that. It's creating yeah. jobs. It's not creating STEM jobs. It's not creating anything that's yeah. valuable to the ecosystem, right? But it's creating economic activity. Let's call it that, right? But it's the yeah. wrong sort of thing to focus on. So going back to one of the premises in, in the discussion before was, you know, the areas to focus on. I think that government needs to focus on priority areas. And I think, yeah. but that needs to be a long-term focus. Government focused on these funding priorities, right? And they say, we're going to allocate over the next 30 years, right? Like they've done with MRFF. We're going to allocate $100 million every year in each one of these categories or $200 million for the next 20 years, right? You know that the money's there, right? Yeah. And the money is contingent on all the relevant groups coming together and collaborating. We're yeah. not going to award multiple grants on this subject matter to multiple universities individually, right? Yeah. So yeah. you want to come together for this, you all got to come and play together, right? Yeah, it's so wasteful, isn't it? It's such Correct. a leaky bucket and it doesn't really give you the best research outcomes anyway. If exactly that's right. And, and, and the other thing is you're wearing your hat as an investor. If you knew that the government had policies in place for the next 10, 20 years, right, that you know there's going to be $200 million in that sector, right, yeah. of government-funded research, right, allocated for this collaborative process or whatever, it gives you as an investor some certainty. And you yeah. go, I'm really happy to invest money because I have a 10-year horizon that I know that the money will be there from government, yeah. right? Thank you, Alfredo. And now to you, Natalie. Can you give us an example of what the government can do to boost research commercialization? If we're looking at changing jobs and, you know, moving away from coal and, and not losing jobs, right, we do have lots of lithium, we've got uranium, we've got yep. rare earths, we've got metals that are going to be good for a clean future. We should be building industries in those areas and mm. the support from the research area to the larger companies and everything. And, you know, so that critical minerals industry is growing in Australia and we should be strengthening that. It's and this is where government can play a real part, right? Like they can be, I guess, the glue in the system that, you know, that helps bring all the parts together and, and has them working together. It is because it's helping on the government to government, right? So it's helping mm. with speaking from Australia, speaking to the US, Australia speaking with Korea, Japan, India, et cetera to have access to these and then to grow those markets. It's also announced a $2 billion fund for critical minerals projects because they're not small little, can I have 50 million, can I have 100 million? Mm. They're like 500 million to a billion dollar projects, right? Mm. And you need to have the Australian government putting in a significant amount of capital towards those projects for the overseas investors and the overseas countries to then also put in funding to leverage off that. If yeah. Australia isn't putting money into its own projects and its own resources, then overseas goes, so is that like a done project or what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not de-risked enough, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just too risky for any one player to get in on their own, you know, on their own because the money's too big. Yeah. And Australia, if they're putting in for it, they then get the value back out of it too. So you can actually mm. have greater value chains. So you've seen that you know, we can produce batteries. We can produce all the way down the chain. 
in Australia for lithium. We don't have to just dig up lithium and send it somewhere. We could do more here. And it's the same with rare earths in terms of processing them further down here instead of just digging them up and sending them overseas to get processed. So mm. changing that culture in Australia is also important. Mm. Thank you, Natalie. Okay, Rom. So we've just heard from various players about what the role of government can be. And I think there's such an important play. We've heard this idea of ecosystem Mm. a few times, but definitely they have a bigger role to play here, I think, than just getting out of the way, which is sort of the American point of view. What are your thoughts? I was fascinated by Alfredo's point about the role the government can play. That idea that the government should spend 1% of its procurement on locally or domestically born innovation-based products and services, I'd never heard that before. That's a great idea. And that gets will get, of course, any company off to a great start. And it will give a lot of confidence into the company. Of course, you're not getting your products or services bought by the government just because you exist and you've got to go through a number of um, processes and criteria to get to that point. But it's a great idea to get a local company off the ground started with a big order or regular owners. What it also does, it's showing locally and internationally that the company is, is open for business and it's doing great stuff. So it also connects the company, even if it's if it's not it's not just buying stuff from this company. It's also bringing friends, governments, companies, other companies into into this company. And the second point that Alfredo made was around investment. So invest in certain areas for the long term and invest a lot, and that will attract people, companies, investors, money. Um, for the long run, so that that I thought was very very interesting. Um, it goes and it goes towards building this ecosystem. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know the idea of I think Alfredo might have seen the future a little bit there as well with you know Australia's economic accelerator that that came out after this interview. We we interviewed over a long long time, <laughs> and I think that you know that those areas of focus are really important. We heard Hugh Durrant White speaking about those as well. Like, what could Australia be good at? I think. Natalie had a really, really good point of view there that, okay, if we're going to take this stuff out of the ground, maybe we should think about doing something with it as well. Could we create industries around that, you know? Could we be good at batteries, for instance, with lithium, you know? I think they were some really, really important points. And, you know, government as a customer, absolutely. I think as as an entrepreneur, I know that, you know, the most important money you ever get is not investor money, it's customer money because it's completely validating that you are solving mm. a problem that people care about. And investors won't follow grants, they'll follow customer money. Mm. So that brings, you know, the whole ecosystem together. And absolutely, I will invest in companies if I know that there's grants available. And now that I'm an entrepreneur now in the space industry, I can tell you one of the reasons I got into the company I'm moving into was because I could see the huge government support around it, especially defence, for example, supporting startups, both as customers and as grants. So it's, it's important. And it's very low risk anyway. What, what can we lose? We've, there's nothing to lose. 
Well, maybe reputation from the government, like this is taxpayer money, they're going to give it to a startup who might not be there tomorrow. I think there is a bit of risk, but I think it's time we took a few more risks. But it's not like they've never lost our money to bad <laughs> deals or bad you know, products and services anyway. Should we start talking about the COVID apps? Or yeah, you... yeah, no, that's okay. And I think if you if you look at innovation, Oz, I mean, every single week they seem to be pointing out, you know, government money that's being spent with, you know, the big four to develop things that could be easily developed here. So I think... There's definitely something in that. But one more point on that is it's not just government being customers, it's industry being customers as well of, of startups, you know, and there's a risk element involved, but, you know, could government support that in some way? So you're going to give mm. this money to an Australian startup to help you with this. Could there be something else in it? You know that that's being supported by government. Anyway, another thought. No, and, and they could, and they can do that by saying, "Well, we're going to develop the field in general, and if the government invests in a certain field, that will attract other companies, other industries into that field, and and it'll create the ecosystem once again." Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt really fantastic after speaking to Hugh actually because. I felt that, you know, the government has mm. a vision. I sometimes with the federal government, I don't feel like they have a vision at all, but the state governments are certainly getting cracking on with it, right? And they're trying to future-proof mm. our economy and society for, for the world that's coming. They're making some bets. They're taking shots on goal, as David McKeague likes to say, and we interview him later on. And, you know, I think this is generally all moving in the right direction. And it's great to see they're taking advice from a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Rom. Thank you, everyone, for listening to From University to Unicorns. There are many solutions that we do discuss in this podcast, but there's many that none of us have even thought about. We'd really love to keep this important discussion going by getting your thoughts and comments on our LinkedIn page from University to Unicorns. Thanks so much.